to Not Podcast. I'm Mark Storrs, and with me as always is... Crap. And Rob Morphy. I like how Chris says Chris. Crap. That, yeah, that Crap. was bad. I never really... Crap. That was really vague. I'd say, yeah, that, yeah. so this episode, Chris is going to be in Vega prison, and Robert is Maybe. on whiskey probation. Oh, so. I, find that, I find that very difficult to accept. As your elder and a fine friend, I can't believe you would be limiting my intake of whiskey in this holiday season. As producer and editor and contributor of this podcast, I'm going to limit your intake of whiskey this holiday season. Good sir, hence you are on whiskey probation. Based on that, I'm going to have to agree. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to follow us on the social medias, the inserts, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Uh, ratings and reviews, always welcome. Be sure to do that on the iTunes Apple Podcast apps. Those are two different things, and we have to restate that mm. because if we don't, Apple will slap us with a whatever they you know, want to slap An injunction. With. That's the only thing I've ever heard people getting uh, yeah. slapped with. Yeah. I'm really not even sure what that is. I think they just won't feature us on the featured podcast if we don't say the Apple Podcast apps. Well, then it's important we do. Not a very good app, though. I want to be featured. Me too. So bad. Dude, let's, well, let's get featured. All I'm right. mad thirsty to get featured. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, go. Let's do it. Okay, so before we get started, we got some uh, shout-outs here. Jeff Colwell from Texas. Oh, God bless Holy you, sir. No moly. On Instagram. Holy shit, we got some tasties, boys. Unbelievable. First off, a bottle of fine, fine yellow rose uh, whiskey. Not bourbon, I don't think. Yeah, whiskey. whiskey. Blended whiskey. Delicious, smooth, extraordinary. Thank you, sir. You know our palates well, just, I guess, auditorially, which is astonishing. And then an array mm. of brews, yeah. so just unique and tasty and dank as fuck in the best way. You, sir, are the Texas Santa Claus that I have dreamed of since childhood. Thank you, good sir. Yes, that was yeah. Uh, there's that some was good stuff the in package. there. Amazing. Totally. Yeah, I'm actually drinking right now. The uh, what is this? We're the, drinking the red ale. The red yeah, ale. The, yeah. uh, the Yule. Yep. As in Yule Tide. Yule shoot your eye yeah. out. Seasonal uh, ale by Carbach Brewing Company, and it's even got the leg lamp on it. It does. Very nice. It's so fucking good. Very nice. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. Also, to our good buddy Derek Hayes over at the Monsters Among Us podcast is going to be featured uh, on the Paranormal Caught on Camera show on the Travel Channel. So be sure to check that out. That is airing. Well, by the time this comes out, it's already aired, but it's, uh, I believe, uh, tonight, actually, at 11 p.m. So, oh, shit. DVR is um, already set. Yeah, just do your DVR stuff. Look up, uh, par- again, that is Paranormal Caught on Camera. Um, and yeah, I'm sure if you, if you look up Derek Hayes' name, I'm sure he'll pop up on there. So yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Oh, our yeah. Fellow podcast. Hitting the the big time. Hitting the big time, yeah, man. I'm so proud of him. It's amazing, uh, and he deserves it, and he's, you know, an acknowledged expert in the field, and I cannot wait to see uh, his talking head action because... You know, that's truly a seminal achievement. So congratulations to Derek, and I can't wait to see it. And I'm sure it will be on again. So, you know, like say, check your check your DVR or whatever you yeah, know, totally. on demand somewhere. It, or, you know, Travel Channel airs things over and over. I'm yeah, sure, absolutely. I'm sure once there's a link, we'll, we'll send it out there. Absolutely. So. Congratulations again. Monsters Among Us fuck and yeah. Derek. And shout out to Addie, as we always have to give, because oh, she's yeah. just plain old motherfudging awesome. The Crypto Den Mom Addie. Everyone's yeah. Crypto Den Mom. There's a chance we might be getting 10-gallon hats. Whoa, really? I'm just saying. Oh, she, my God. She's, really? Maybe. <laughs> dude, vague prison, dude. This is why you're in vague prison. <laughs> I don't know when their little festivals are there, but, you know, maybe okay. we'll, we'll get some 10-gallon hats. If, if Addie, our Crypto Den mom, if she gets us 10-gallon hats, we have to wear them while we pod, and we have to live stream it. Every single <laughs> time. Oh, I, I said, if we get them, we're going to have to go with the fucking old pet carrot mustaches. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like, totally. We're, we're ha- we have to. And if we get yeah. them before we do our live show, just saying. Okay, here's the thing. If we do get them before our live show, I think that we are obligated by honor to have to wear them at the live show. <laughs> Just the three of us with these giant oh, yeah. and And Hogan mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I would definitely Hulk trim Hogan the oh, into man. the super wild west. Awesome. You have fucking awesome. Wyatt Earp. That's funny. Anyway, fucking All those right. guys are awesome. And watch watch Derek if you can. Um, it'll obviously already have aired by this point, but you will definitely be able to catch totally. it. And what's the name of the program? Uh, it is called Paranormal Caught on Camera. Right on. Congrats again. Yeah. Boom. All right, cool. Let's get started this week with the faceless fiend of Tengu. During a trip in the early morning of 1974, a Japanese truck driver had a face-to-inhuman face encounter with a bizarre, apparently cybernetic being who requested his help with a unique physiological problem 
What made this already surreal situation even more inexplicable was the fact that this creature claimed to be a contingent of a group of extraterrestrial refugees who had found sanctuary on planet Earth. Isn't that what we're all about on Earth? Yeah, man. Mm, Immigration. I'm contingent. Oh, we're all contingent on something. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, Robert. At approximately 5 a.m. on the morning of September 3rd, 1974, a 31-year-old husband, father, and truck driver, who was identified only as Mr. F, was hauling a load of furniture on National Route 30 Highway to Uno Port, which is located in Tamano in the Okayama Prefecture. The truck and the furniture were to be loaded onto a car ferry bound for the 14-mile journey to the city of Takamatsu no later than 7 a.m. This is what Mr. F had to say. Mm. I was running National Highway number 30, which leads to National Route 2, running in Okayama City, to Uno City. Although I was used to the road, I went through many times, I get tired of driving for a long time. Mm. With plenty of time left to make his delivery, the nearly exhausted Mr. F decided it would be a good time to take a break and get a bite to eat. In specific, some udon noodles from a vending machine, oh which, God. by the way, just sounds brilliant. Starving. The shit we get from vending machines pales before the Japanese miracle Fucking of udon, udon noodles. I know. The fuck? After filling his belly and stretching his legs, the driver got back into his truck and resumed his journey. As he came to the narrow, rock-walled Tengu Mountain Pass, Mr. F suddenly noticed a silvery white flash above the cab of his truck. Craning his neck to get a better look, the driver claimed that the reflective burst of illumination was emanating from a genuine flying saucer. Mm, Directly overhead. All right. In the old Tengu Pass. There we go. That's how it starts. Without a sound, the landing gear extended from the silvery craft as it set down on a large flat rock atop the stone wall about 30 feet to the left of the still-moving vehicle. It was at that moment that Mr. F claimed his vision abruptly became hazy, and in mere seconds, he lost consciousness. Absolutely not what you want to be doing at that point. Mm. Mr. F had every reason to assume that if he managed to survive what was almost certainly going to be a horrific crash, that when he woke up, he would find himself in the twisted steel wreckage of his truck, or, if his luck held out, convalescing in a hospital bed. Neither proved to be true. When Mr. F awoke, he was sitting behind the wheel of his now still and inexplicably undamaged truck. But as surprising as that development was, it would pale before the shock that would ripple through his body at the sight of the distinctly feminine entity now occupying the passenger seat. He picked up a traveler. He picked up a little possibly intergalactic hitchhiker. Wow, all right. So you're driving, you see a UFO, freaky. Pass out. Pass out, terrifying. Wake up. Because you're in a moving fucking truck. Space hookers. Space there, hookers. There you go. <laughs> and that is the new name. All right. Next pod. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> Defined. Nice. Clarified. On. The frightened Mr. F would describe this uninvited traveler as having a face whose flesh looked more like a mask than skin. Nope. Already. Already bad. Could scene. it be a dead skin mask? Oh, oh damn Slayer. Gang vocals. Uh, no, that uh, made it different. Gang vocals made uh, it different. That's true. Very true. All right. So, even more disturbingly, the trucker claimed that with the exception of the two eyes that were boring into him, the woman's face was totally lacking in additional features, where the mouth and nose ought to have been was just a blank space. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean? Just a f- two eyes, a no face, skin-like mask. How do you know it was a woman? Was there boobs? Space boobs? Yes. Is it coming? <laughs> there, there are space boobs. Spoiler alert. Space boobs ahead. Because why? Like why? Okay. Well, I'm assuming if he says feminine, then there must be something on the creature's body that you're like, oh, that's clearly a female feature. Yes. Perhaps a sweet booty. I need, it needs Certainly to be chronicled. All right. Okay. All right. I, I will give you more chronicling. Though I will not be specifically referencing the feminine parts, we're just going to all have to assume. Okay. 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 All right. Cool. Because I'm just stuck with what I was told. Okay. Okay. Her dark hair spilled over her shoulders, but was parted in the middle at the crown of her head to reveal what Mr. F referred to as an antenna-like horn that rose to a point about seven inches above her skull. She can't wear any hats. No. There's no nice bonnets for this lady. 
just with, well, a, with a, a hole in it for a horn. Like mm-hmm. a big, like, Kentucky Derby. Do women like, wear super bonnets? Bonnet? Is that a thing still? Isn't that Amish? Right. Amish. Amish? Um, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The Amish? Yeah. Billy Amish. Do, do the Mennonites wear bonnets? Sometimes. I think yeah. they do. Yeah, I've right, seen yeah. them move. But with, I mean, the, I, the girls in the club just aren't like rocking a bonnet, right? Like they, they'd the be girls weird. in the club. Could you I imagine? Know, maybe, the, I don't know. The, could you imagine the kids hitting the club with been, their sweet fucking techno bonnets? I haven't been. I know. <laughs> Guys, we're going to the club. Yeah, I got your bonnets. <laughs> Dude, if you do enough ecstasy and Molly, bonnets. you're gonna end up. You're gonna. You're gonna end the night wearing a bonnet. I fucking pray. Those that are simmered bonnets. Well, the men just have the like. It's like a right. cap, but it ain't the fucking like. Full on frilly yeah. with yeah. the whole fucking halo. Like the fashion. chicks on packages of butter bonnet. Oh, yeah. It's like Fivel or some sweet ass Holly Hobby action. All right. All right. So she has a horn on her head. It could be an antenna. Yeah. Bonnet free. Right. No, no bonnet. Bonnet free okay. in 93. So he's got, she's got a big ass unicorn horn. Cool. Her hair is parted dark All to right. the side, shoulder length. All okay. right. Mr. F completed his description by stating that his unusual visitor seemed to be just over five feet in height and was clad in a skin tight outfit that appeared to be made of light colored rubber. So I'm assuming what, that's rubber? how he discerned okay. the feminine features. A skin tight rubber suit. You're going to be able to tell if this is a woman or not. Yeah, you're going you're to be able to tell you're in Japan Real, immediately. Yeah, really. <laughs> That's yeah, what you're yeah. going to be able to is tell. Is there a bunch of tentacles everywhere? I have a yeah. feeling right, I, I, cool. already, I know what this is. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Well, hold, <laughs> it's hold on. It's in Japan, so I know what it is. All right. Hold it. Let's see. Let's An see inverted triangular emblem was emblazoned on the being's torso oh. from the shoulders to the bottom of her chest with a button protruding from each of its three points. He made the point to mention that he had no distinct memories of footwear. Filled with an anxiety-induced combination of fear and bewilderment, Mr. F speechlessly stared at his evidently unearthly companion. After what must have seemed like an interminable hiatus, the female finally broke the silence with what the trucker claimed was a synthesized computer-like voice that originated from her head. Uh, Obviously not her mouth. Uh, she doesn't have a mouth. This relationship's going to yeah. be so hard. What if you got to get in an argument with this girl? What are you going to do? Well, he can hear She's going to scream at you out of her head. Her fucking super unicorn amplifier yeah. speaker. Uh, all right, continue. That's, that's all right. Her first words were a bizarre request that the 31-year-old would never forget. And this is what it was. I will come to Earth and become Ichiru, but I'd like to replace it with a substitute head because my head is strange. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, this is not exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was convinced. I was like, she's an Ultraman. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Ultraman, yeah. No, the first place I go yeah. is Henshin <laughs> Heroes. Yeah. You know, I mean, Chris and I are old school, not only just aficionados. I'd say we're experts. We have watched probably scores of Sentai, Henshin, Metal yeah. Heroes from the Showa era on. And so this is something we're kind of experts in. And, you know, the, the mid-70s was a prime time for oh, Ultraman God, and a I lot know. of great series. So, so I, that's a possible influence, but it also just might be inspired by real life events. Is substitute head oh, an, an Ultraman thing? Because well, she's saying she needs a substitute ooh, head. Yes. Because my head is strange. Let me read the quote one more time. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. This, is, this is truly bizarre, and this is going to lead to some discussion we're going to have to have later. I will come to Earth and become Ichiru, but I'd like you to replace it with a substitute head because my head is strange. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> the perplexed trucker comprehended the word Ichiru to be a reference to Japan's national pastime and specific first base. That's what it means. But he also understood it to mean a fort or battlement. Neither definition helped to clarify the barrage of thoughts cascading through his head. Yeah, that doesn't so help. So she is basically saying, I will come to Earth and become a fort. A fort? Or first base. Okay. Or, for, or, or a base. Or, or, or yeah. Or to of, get to first base. Possibly. Oh. It was flirting. Super hot alien. What? Wow. Wow. If they were looking in the culture and they're like, that's a term. For, yeah. Oh, you know. Could be. I have come grass, for first base. Ass. Yeah. Or Ichiru. <laughs> that's how it goes. All right. Mr. F was likely even more dumbfounded by the request to replace her nearly featureless horned head with a substitute. Unsure of how to respond, he did what seemed like the most polite and perhaps the safest thing to do. He asked her how he could help. She responded, I want you to pass a wire through the three points at the middle of my neck and between the neck and the shoulder. 
push the point under the neck instead of turning it over. This makes no sense. It makes no sense, but I think that's partially well, because I, we don't really have anything but the trucker's well, really yeah. rudimentary <laughs> sketch, which you might want to show Chris at this point. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, can, I, can, um, I don't even know what I'm picturing in my fucking head right now. You'll, you'll see it. This is basically, the, and the, now the trucker's okay. obviously not an <laughs> yeah, artist. exactly. Yeah. But that's what it is. It yeah. is two eyes, no face, Shoulder length, dark hair, a giant horn. Okay. And and not a particularly feminine no, torso. Sort of, yeah. No. But it's got the triangle that's like the two points at the top because it's inverted or on the shoulders. And yeah. the bottom point would be beneath the breast. Sure. Okay. Okay. So as far as pushing the point under the neck instead of turning it over. Yeah, that's the, that was the thing. It, I was it's like, befuddling. What? But it could, he she could be indicating a very specific thing that if you're not there, you just don't see. So yeah, that, right, that right. I'm going to tell you is going to remain unsolved, that mystery. At which point she pointed to an alternate head that was apparently identical to the one that was currently attached to her body. The worried trucker noted that the alien's voice was not only mechanical in sound, but also icy in tone, stating, The attitude of the alien is not an atmosphere of a friendly nature. It feels like I was made to obey orders. Wait, wait. Which to me implies (laughs) like what a lot of alien abduction victims feel, and that is... Uh, compelled to do something rather than their own free will. Like their desire is to stay in bed. Their desire is not to go with these terrifying yeah, creatures. Right, but they do. But anyway. they do. They, they, it's like a, like a hypnotic trance or something. And, and we've seen that like in everything from uh, Whitley Strieber's uh, accounts oh. to <laughs> yeah, no, that that cover still haunts me. No, to Cisco Grove to on and on. Mm-hmm. So the idea of being compelled by a hypnotic telepathic, if, if it is telepathic, actually the sound was coming from her head. So in this case, not telepathic voice is something very commonly found in alien human interactions okay. for yeah. whatever reason. Real so quick, wait, you said alternate head. Yeah, alternate head. So she what? had an alternate head. Where? 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 With her. Oh, in, her, in her pocket? Just hanging out on her shoulder? Hey, sitting on her lap? Never described. We okay. don't know. All right. So she's she, so she's in the truck cab. I not see that. Yeah. She's got All her right. head. All right. Another head. Another head. All right. Sweet triangular elm. I mean, she does sort of look like uh, something Jack Kirby would have fucking nailed in 65. Yeah. Like, it is a character that, in the, like, say, Jim Lee in his prime, mm-hmm. or even now, for that matter, because he's always in his prime, that he could capture flawlessly. I would right. love to see it. I'm going to do my own version, obviously. It won't be as good as everyone else's. Perhaps in an effort to prolong the inevitable, Mr. F began asking his ostensibly robotic guest questions about her origins and intentions, to which the entity comfortingly replied, I came not to conquer Earth. Okay, good good. start. Now we know. I guess. That's a great way to start a conversation. Perfect. With an alien that, you know... Needs a head transplant. That's yeah. what we want. I came not to conquer Earth, but to bury it. Oh, oh no! Shakespeare in the house. What's Dance up, with Julio the dead Caesar? In my dreams. Wonderful. Fuck yeah! Right that's the end of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Done. The woman then explained how her homeworld had been destroyed following the collision of a pair of binary stars in their solar system. I knew it. Of course, it's always oh, that. No. Leaving her people without a home. In their desperation, they traveled to what was presumably the closest compatible planet and had begun the clandestine process of settling down on Earth. Some Battlestar Galactica type shits there. Oh, I love Battlestar Galactica. I do too. Even Battlestar 80. Bunk as it is. I know, it's kind of weird. That horrible shit. They tried. tried. But I was just so excited to see them finally on Earth and the kids could play baseball really well. And that's literally all I remember about that Mm. show. The being was, however, reticent to share the location of her comrades, though she promised that they would someday make themselves known to the proper authorities, stating, I cannot tell the place where my colleagues live, but when the Earth people understand them, I will discuss with the Earthlings' representatives and decide where to live. So I'm not exactly sure... I said that what this understanding would entail remained unexplained. So I don't know. I I don't know what she means, like, like... when they're mature enough as a species, us, to understand that there are faceless, horned unicorn well, babes living here. Although, I, I don't know. She is giving, though it is a, a little bit vague, she is giving an explanation. Yeah. She's telling you, she's like, well, this is why I'm here. Yeah. It doesn't really make much sense. Our planet's But she's fucked. actually saying something. We escaped. Yeah. We're here. Right, we're hiding well, out. Is, it's nice to know. That when the time you know. is right, when you understand us... We will talk to the proper authorities, whoever that is. Could Whatever guy, that means. It could means, be the guys yeah. at Subway. I yeah, mean, really. There is like, no like official designation of who yeah. these authorities are. And then figure out like an official colonization spot, which seems, I guess, bureaucratic and polite, but also... It's still, what if there's not a... You can't just 
they're going to pick their own spot and not they're going to tell them where they're going to go or discuss with the representatives as to where but until then they've picked their own spot and are living there as i said clandestinely it's strange always clandestinely she further explained that ufos that people have been seeing in the skies above japan during the 1970s belong to her people and that due to computer implants her species were able to understand all of the earth's languages and were intellectually superior to the human race. Trying to okay. say we're dumb? Okay, now she's pushing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's got that superior, kind of huh? Condescending vibe now. Oh, see? You know what humans don't like? Condescension. Condescending. Yeah, that's right. To quote Brad Pitt in True Romance, condescend me motherfucker. That's right. Kill you. Yeah. There you go. Your space boobs are looking less desirable. Yeah. The second you talk down to me is the second the tentpole goes away. Ah, uh, this is it. Respect the, the Earth, this man. Ah, uh, this is it. <laughs> all that means. There oh. it is. She said, we are all advanced from the Earth. I, I suppose she means more advanced. We are all more advanced. Mm-hmm. but We are all advanced from the Earth because the computer is a machinery machine in the head we can talk with the language of the earth. I think this... Machinery machine... Well, this deserves one more read. <laughs> yeah. We are all advanced from the earth because the computer is a machinery machine in the head. We can talk with the language of the earth. Okay. The dodgy method in which she communicated her ability to converse in all languages seems to indicate that either her machinery machine implants were not quite as advanced as she had hoped, or that Google Translate's ability to convert Japanese into English blows well-hung goats. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it is a little of both. All right. Despite their cerebral dominance, the cybernetic entity did concede that, unlike fictional alien visitors such as Kalel, her species did not thrive under the high-energy rays of our sun, or presumably in the Earth's strong magnetic field. She clarified, Our stars are not stars with strong energies like the Earth, so we cannot act unless we have a weak night of sun's rays. When we first came to Earth, a lot of fellow spaceships burned because of the strong energy. It fell. So apparently they just aren't prepared for our wicked awesome sunbeams. Wait a minute. Again, she's, she's she's telling you what it is, but the way that she's talking... It's just so disjointed and vague. Yes. That you're just like, uh, what, what was one I was thinking of here that she just said? Uh, spaceship, spaceships burned because of the strong energy. It fell. I know it's so haunting. Uh, it's creepy. And you got to hear it in that like uh, like a what feminine version of Stephen Hawking's voice. Rest in peace. Um, and and so it's sitting. And, and you know, even though she's a little bit condescending, which we know what that does to the boner, but but she still is kind of a, a sympathetic character in a way. Like, well, yeah, the, she's her not planet like it blew right. up. They're here. They're eventually going to reveal themselves. She needs some help with this fucking head issue. And uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and when the they came issue. to Earth, apparently they don't have interstellar sunscreen. The fucking hard, hard rays of the sun. Yeah, dude. And I assume perhaps maybe Earth's magnetic field. Maybe, you know, there's no reason to assume that aliens, no matter how intelligent they may be and how enhanced they may be with computer tech, that they are familiar with, like, how things work on every planet. Right. So if they find the first planet within range in a vast, vast universe that they can land on and, and function in, you know, if they're, cy- if they're cybernetic, that means they're partially organic, so they might need a certain level of atmosphere that they can live in or, wh- or whatever it might be. But it doesn't mean they're experts in our solar energy or magnetic fields or anything else. And there's going to be some tragedy, sort of like when the first uh, European pioneers, you know, the fucking pilgrims and shit came to america there was a lot of death besides all the the horrible shit that they instituted and all that stuff um a lot of them died on the journey you know ships sank not necessarily sure you know the mayflower but others sank and so it's kind of feels like the classic immigrant story in a lot of ways yeah and you know there's a lot of sympathy to be had there you know and she doesn't understand how the sun works so there you go well there's scientists don't i mean but who knows if she's a scientist is she a pilot is she a scout is she a diplomat but you think somebody had to invent space travel they should have known some basic physics about the space I, i i agree with all of that but part of me is almost heartened by the thought that even if you are advanced and even if you can do incredible shit that we can only imagine and speculate about as a species right now you still have limitations in your knowledge you still have to learn the hard way through, you know, well, human or in their case, cyborg sacrifice. Uh, there's something Ooh. about that that feels kind of universal to me. 
And I, I sort no, of sure. feel endeared by that. Yeah. I understand. But I mean, like, I feel like stars are a basic physics thing for space. Yeah. As far as Maybe. knowledge of, of star density in, in lives and right. in how they affect. Well, well, obviously, when I'm discussing this, I'm discussing <laughs> it from the point of view of being completely credulous. Like, I'm, I'm just taking well, it yeah, yeah. at face value like this really happened. If this really happened, you know, the humanity in me goes out to it. There's also the chance that it's complete bunk and this trucker didn't know shit about how suns work and this seemed like a good thing to say. But we'll break <laughs> yeah, all that yeah. shit down when all it's right. done. Okay. After she discussed the, uh, you know, all of her comrades dying or whatever, the alien woman's once cold synthesized voice now seemed to be full of human emotion. Nevertheless, Mr. F was completely convinced that the creature he was talking to was, and I quote, an, an intermediate between humans and a robot. So clearly... Cy- cyborg cybernetics okay. was not in his vocabulary. Right. An intermediate between well, humans okay. and robots. Cool. Following their tete-a-tete, Mr. F decided to comply. For the record, that's just a conversation between two people. Just want to elaborate because Peyton, just still, use- Peyton still gives me a hard time about words I use. So I'm doing this for my niece. That is a conversation. Yeah, yet to a highfalutin just yeah, I've never heard anyone people. use that in a conversation ever. Never? No. No, yeah, it's not it's really a known word. We've had so many, though. I've never been like, oh, I had a wonderful tete-a-tete with Rob and Chris this evening. Well, you can do it now. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's like three times in like less than a minute. So. I know, so you know it now. <laughs> All right, tete-a-tete, away. Following their personal conversation, <laughs> Mr. F decided to comply with this intergalactic visitor's request and helped her to replace her quote-unquote strange head by following the instructions she had given him earlier, followed by the pressing of the three buttons on her chest emblem. So HR is probably not going to be cool with it, but it's what she wanted. Mr. F removed the presumably defective head by twisting it away from the neck, after which he replaced it with the new one, which snapped into place with a series of metallic clicking sounds. He then pressed the same buttons on her chest in reverse order, rebooting the system perhaps. Sure. Following the head reattachment, the alien made a pledge to the trucker. I will definitely meet again with the star who I met. And I will someday see you again. Like Who or what the star was that she referred to was unclear to the trucker and us. But before he had time to contemplate the matter, he found himself once again slipping into a state of unconsciousness. Does he as you're driving a truck? Because is he driving the entire time? No, no, he, he was still. Oh, he, he, he when he woke up, oh, the truck okay. was still and undamaged okay. much to his shock because in my head he's doing all this while he's driving so he's just like he's twisting heads off i'm thinking to myself no, dude mean, that's a pretty complex procedure that yeah. she talked about too like put the wire between the three holes in my neck don't twist it pull it out when he awoke the second time both his faceless guest and the flying saucer she had rode in on had vanished What's more, Mr. F was surprised to find himself driving with absolutely no recollection of starting his truck or resuming his travels. So he woke up mid-drive? Yeah, so he falls asleep while driving, uh, wakes up, up parked, mid- yeah. has a nice conversation with an alien, fixes the head, falls back asleep, wakes up fucking driving. Oh, That's just the worst. Oh, have, no. Has any of you, or have any of you, I should say, ever fallen asleep behind the wheel even yes, for a split second? I, I have, have not. Once. Yes. Long trip. It was actually when we went down to... Honey Island, Mike mm-hmm. D and I, uh, to make the documentary in the Honey Island Swamp Monster. And we visited a friend in Dallas and we partied plenty. And then I had to rush back because of a medical emergency. So I just drove nine hours straight from basically Arkansas to Buffalo. And somewhere in, in the middle of upstate New York, I just, my eyes fell. And it felt like I had taken a 20 minute nap, but I think it was only shut for maybe yeah. six seconds. Yeah. But when I woke up, I think it was this most frightened, frightened I'd ever been in my life. I was fucking petrified like ice water had been poured from my balls down my spine into my head in reverse so anyway i immediately pulled over slapped myself six times told mike to drive the rest of the way yeah it was safe but it was terrifying so i can't i can't imagine i guess i should say what it must be like for him he falls asleep the first time just sure his death is imminent wakes up has the weirdest encounter anyone ever has then fucking wakes up again driving Driving. (laughs) that's Mm. fucking terrifying yeah it's creepy so he wakes up behind the fucking wheel, freaked out. Nevertheless, he arrived at Unoport on time to make the ferry, despite his fairly long conversation and good Samaritan-like assist in upgrading the female cyborg. He did, however, note that there was about 20 minutes of his journey that he could not account for, which is so common in alien abduction scenarios, but she came to him. They did some shit in the car, you right. think, 
And this journey happened relatively quick. So even if he's missing 20 minutes, did she have time to take him aboard? Did they teleport? What would be the point? Yeah, at what point did the 20 minutes go missing? Was it a thank you probing? I have to assume it's yeah. when he was passed out at okay. some point. All right. That's unexplained, right. but it's just well, fucking weird. Yeah, we'll figure that out. As his truck was being ferried south to Takamatsu, Mr. F found it perplexing that he could no longer remember what the alien's body looked like after he removed the head, nor could he recall the weight of either the original or replacement heads. As insignificant as these facts may be, he was haunted by his inability to recollect them. That just sits there. He just could not remember how heavy the head was. He couldn't remember what the body did once he removed the head. Mm. It's fucking weird. It bothered him but there's just going to be no more information. At the end of this long and peculiar day, Mr. F rushed home and confided the details of the weird incident to his wife and two children, saying, I talked to an alien today. I changed its head. Hell yeah. Yeah, no, just standard, <laughs> straightforward. The Japanese don't have time for their bullshit. <laughs> I, wa- I hope at some oh, point gosh. in my life I can mentally get to the point where I snap and I come home and I'm like, hi, guys, I changed an alien's head. Nicole, what's for dinner? Yeah. It better be fucking tacos. Oh, and yeah. Then just, and then just, tacos is the only thing that saves yeah. your sanity. Or else. Like that. Or else. <laughs> if, it, if it's not tacos, there's going to be a stern talking to you, young oh, lady. Oh, a stern one. Evelyn, clean your room. Charles, stop playing your Nintendo Switch. Daddy's got an alien head to I deal have an with. alien head that got change over here. Oh, my God. Folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's when you know you snapped. Yeah, you folks, lost folks. <laughs> Younglings. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry. Let's see tonight. what happens. Just right. cough all over your forearms. It's fine. Now we're married. They're tough. I know. In some customs. <laughs> some cultures. All right. Perhaps not surprisingly, the trucker was met first with laughter, then concerned that he might have suffered from an exhaustion-induced hallucination. Mm. Mr. F knew better, and in a move that seems to be at the same time both remarkably courageous and astonishingly foolhardy, he wrote about the incident in an in-house company newsletter that he had been assigned to edit. <gasps> that must rank as one of what? the great bad decisions in history. <laughs> he's running the in-house newsletter for the trucking company? Yes, he is. And he's, and like, he's hey, just guys, throwing it in there? This is what happened to me. So this is this is how the rest of his coworkers, bosses, the general public, which makes it even more astonishing to me that they still managed to conceal his name. Yeah, but like, but regardless of that, here's my weird alien fan fan fiction. Basically, well, maybe that's what they thought. I don't know, but he's presenting it as a real life incident that happened, I guess, on company time. Therefore, ergo, uh, it's worthy of being put. Probably shouldn't put that in the newsletter. Though. Yeah, I agree. Needless to say, the reception of his bosses and co-workers was no more supportive than that of his own family. Mr. F's wife claimed that she had feared her husband had gone insane following his unsolicited public confession, but quickly realized that his behavior had not significantly changed. So at that point, she was like, all right, right. a weird day, bad day. Despite the universally negative reaction to the public revelations regarding his encounter, the trucker conceded to an interview in a magazine titled Either... UFO in space or UFO in the universe. I've heard both translations. It's a Japanese magazine, apparently. I could not find any evidence of it. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It's just what it is. Two possible ways you can say it. Absolutely. The interviewer asked Mr. F why he thought he was chosen to replace the entity's head. He answered, I think that her purpose in making contact with me was to replace her head because she was in trouble and hurt. She wanted me to replace it. I do not know why she asked me to replace her head and did not ask a friend, but she just said that I want you to replace my head. And I just did. The words my head <laughs> have never been said. He literally, yeah, Jesus Christ. He literally said nothing. He's, if you look at what he said, he said nothing. The one thing he added was he believed she was in trouble and hurt. Yeah. That's one that, thing that it. isn't implied yeah. by the rest of it. So that's literally the only new piece of information. She never said believe. she was in trouble or hurt. She said, I have a strange head to help me change my head. But the impression he got, maybe through is mannerisms. He making, is he making this into something that's not? I, who knows? I don't know. Maybe he just omitted stuff or didn't. he remembered stuff later that he didn't put mm, down. Or it didn't sounds save. like he's trying to blow it up to be something that ain't. Maybe. One thing I feel compelled to ask... Was this an act of faith wherein a robot was forced to trust in a foreign biological species to perform a delicate operation before she could be reactivated? Or did the head remain fully conscious during the procedure and offer instructions? Mm. Sadly, these facts went unrecorded. Good point. So one of the things that I just read into a little bit when he says she was in trouble and hurt is that there is the possibility that she was non-functioning when the head switch happened. 
I mean, if like human beings, they're basically a cerebral entity <clears throat> and obviously a human body can't function without its brain. Right. Um, maybe her body was completely vulnerable. Maybe there's a reason why he couldn't remember what the body did in the meantime. If, if he had to literally follow this set of fairly complex and very weird instructions to switch the heads, she could have been in an utterly vulnerable state at that point and trusting in this Oh, that's what I just assumed. It. Like, yeah. I assumed you push the buttons, you shut it off, or go into stand, whatever. Take stand, the fucking head off, put it on, react or something. That's right. just. But part of me also thought, and I agree with what Chris is saying, but part of me also thought, um, like going back to the last Starfighter, when the android uh, Big Brother was put to replace the kid that got taken off to Star League yeah. or whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, there was that scene where the android had to fix his own head on the desk and the little brother wakes up and he's like, go to sleep, Lucas, you're having a bad yeah, dream. Yeah, you're having a bad dream. Yeah, the head's on the table. He's <laughs> like, you're having a nightmare. Yeah, so yeah. it's in a lot of, at least fiction in on Earth, we're presented with the idea that a head can function independently of a yeah. robot. According to Hollywood. According sure. to Hollywood, which of course <laughs> is based on or Isaac Asimov or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. So we don't know if like the head was like, now do this, do that, do this, do that now. But then again, it makes sense that one head, because the one strange, somehow dysfunctional head had to go, that when that was offline, it probably wasn't communicating anymore. And he had to do it. So yeah. maybe this thing was completely vulnerable. Yeah, or well, why else would it have needed help? Yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Otherwise, okay. the one head could have had been active to put the other one on and just transfer. Right. Yeah, you're right. Use yeah. the, its own body to do the yeah. procedure. Granted, to be like looking in the mirror, you got to do it backwards, but still. So, yeah, I guess we have to assume that for whatever reason, this entity had faith in Mr. F. Okay. And his sweet, sweet trucker surgery skills. God bless. Mm-hmm. So, I have a series of questions that you know, bothered me. So maybe I'll, I'll read them off and then we can use this to kind of launch the discussion of what we think this might be and what's going on. Regardless, this is in reference to her trust, regardless of the female cyborg's hypothetically reckless capacity to trust a random member of the human race with what seems to be a potentially life-threatening procedure, the questions that haunt me most are, one, besides seeking a new home, what were the intentions of these allegedly brilliant creatures? And I say allegedly because their English well, is not phenomenal. They don't seem to necessarily... I mean, yes, all right. If you can fly off planet, come to Earth and colonize right. undetected, you're fucking geniuses. But there was nothing that she necessarily did besides being fucking weird that necessarily implies super brilliant. Her communication skills might not be on point. But then again, this is translated, right? Yeah, not even just translated from one human culture right. to another, but like from one interstellar right. species to another. Yeah, so, and maybe, and it know. might have been full-on robot. Yeah. I mean, if it's yeah, a full-on yeah, robot, then it's yeah. just programmed for just talk, yeah. certain the, the things. The way he talked about it, it seemed like she had like biological humanoid eyes. Mm -hmm. But then again, that, who's to say? Yeah. I mean, yeah. organic robots. I mean, we really don't Could know. Be. Just because he assumed it was something that was the intermediate between right. robot and human, and I've been calling it a cyborg because of that, right. doesn't necessarily mean it is. Mm -hmm. All right. So besides seeking a new home, what were the intentions of these allegedly brilliant, again, creatures in coming to Earth? Was it a dream of peaceful coexistence or an eventual desire to conquer? It would seem that entities so egotistical about their superiority would not be inclined to sit back while a bunch of hairless apes ruled the roost. But maybe they're advanced enough, advanced enough to realize that a civilized society can exist in secret as long as all of its requirements are satisfied. So that's my first question. Okay. Mm. Why are they here? Yes, they need a new home. But right. why Earth? Do they have an ulterior intention? Or are they really at a point that's so advanced that they no longer have the human desires to be better than something else. They just state that they're better, but it doesn't mean that it means anything to them. Like there's no real reason to wipe out earthlings because they have plenty of space. Who knows how big their population is? Maybe mm -hmm. it's very small. That's a, that, I mean, that's a legitimate question. Yeah. It's a possibility. There's no way to tell. Yeah. There's, there's no, no information. No, there. I, I agree. Way. I agree. But it, but it kind of like, say it bothers me. The second question is, did they ever make good on their promise to reveal themselves to the Japanese or any other governmental authorities? Was that something they ever truly aspired to, or was this some falsehood used to placate Mr. F's fears? If true, are they now in cahoots with any particular global powers? And if so, who? The globalists. The Illuminati? No. The, the globalists. <laughs> Fair enough. The no. Globalists. 
Dif- right. There's a difference there, Robert. I'm going to wrap it up with the third question. Seeing as we don't currently have horned and faceless overlords, at least that we know of, <laughs> are these beings still here? They apparently had the technology to come here from their supposedly dying world, so it stands to reason they might continue their travels. But if they did decide to remain on Earth, then where are they now? So just assuming that this is what, what happened, and then further assuming that this, you know, unicorn-horned, faceless, semi-robotic woman was telling the truth to Mr. F, mm-hmm. then if they're here, what are they doing? Where are they? Are they working with anybody? We don't know. I mean, these are just, I'm saying these are just questions that haunt me. But I guess the real question is, it's a flying saucer, silver, traditional, mm-hmm. 50 sci-fi. Yeah. She says that they're responding, and there was a huge flap of UFOs in the 1970s. I mean, there's the Kofu uh, fanged humanoids yeah. that we, we yeah. did. Um, there is the Katami UFOs with the alien octopoids also that we covered. So there was a lot of different things, but they seem to also represent different Entities like the fanged humanoids of Kofu were these short, wrinkled, big eared, yeah. seemingly eyeless, three metal toothed warriors with like a gun. Uh, the Katami octopoids were like John Travolta boy in the bubble, but like scummy, disease ridden starfish with electro fucking beanies. Yeah, there's no like through line between uh, those the the those incidences at all. There's no like no. There's not nothing that's going to be like similar. It is simply time. For, you know, time and alien. The same decade. Same series, you know, within right. the same grouping of a small number of years and the same geography. That is the only association. I mean, if they are in cahoots with whoever, I mean, any government at any time, at any junction could be in cahoots with aliens and we would have no idea. I mean, there's Valiant Thor that is supposed, yeah, supposedly talked to Eisenhower uh, and yeah. worked in the government. If they were in cahoots or if they had been in the past, we just, we wouldn't know, unfortunately. You know, who was who the... Uh, who was the former, I don't know, CEO or whatever of Lockheed Martin who died and apparently on his deathbed? Oh, confessed to a whole bunch of shit. A lot of the UFOs, some are ours, some are theirs. Yeah. Some are theirs that we managed to confiscate or were given to us. Doesn't it feed into Villian Thor, though? I think it does. It might. It might. Because any nation in the world that had a chance to have a clandestine one-on-one meeting with an advanced civil an advanced civilized alien culture that had technology that we could employ would keep the meeting a secret would do their best to continue working with this entity right. to have a strategic advantage over their enemies on earth and maybe off earth mm-hmm. and that goes back to what we were talking in the f- former pod about solar warden and yeah. this space army yeah. that apparently our president is thinking about developing the space, dude, space command's already there dude so i got my application in did you guys fucking fill out the online form i don't i'm only one i don't did. believe i did why did, not did you really yeah i did oh my god for space command Bless fuck yeah dude, i'm going to space I love it. Look at me. Yeah. I'm smart. I got intelligence. I know how to do it. Look at me. I'm smart. No, you nailed it. <laughs> Is that how you filled it out? Yeah. Look at me. I'm smart. Hey, I got a high school diploma. I believe in you. I taught college briefly. You did? As an, as an, as an adjunct professor. And you were wonderful. Yeah. I'm ready to go to fucking Space Command. I'm, don't tell me that I can't. I'm fully supporting give you. Give me a laser gun. Why are you looking at me like, like I don't give want to support me at all? Give me a laser gun. <laughs> Where's my laser? Oh, I my fear God, for your sake. Where's my fucking laser? <laughs> Line for lasers is in the left. What kind of Nikes do I get in Space Command? They better be some oh, dope-ass like, Nike Air, Force Air Max. Ones. Oh, Air Force Ones totally. all day? All white. Oh, That's how they rock in space. Do you, do you get more than like, one pair? Because if I scuff them, I ain't fucking wearing well, them. Well, you're on Moonbase, too, so you're going to probably well, get two they, or three They're going to have magnets. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, shit. You gotta stick to the floor. What if I really did get an, an accepted? If you got space accepted, command? I would be delighted and terrified. Command of what? In the space command, dude. But I'm, the, just, I'm up there commanding that space. It is literally that, joining. I don't. That makes no it sense. It is joining a branch of the military. Yeah, you I'm are there, so ill equipped. You're a dad. How dare Listen, you? Listen, you're you're in phenomenal shape, say compared to I don't know me. Yeah, compared to com- no one. <laughs> but compared to soldiers or anyone that's young and fit. Oh yeah, dude, you got to go through the, the tests. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't. You got to hang out underwater for like hours. Really, this is why I got space command because no. all I got to worry about is space. You got to shave. You still need. <gasps> you need to go shave, through that. You got to shave if you're going into space. No, space command's different. They have a rule: you can grow beards. No, just a mustache. No. Look at like Hoot Gibson or whatever. They all the astronauts. Of Graham, like Story Musgrave, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it really a yes, really story? God, Musgrave? Yeah, and oh, I shit. do think Hoot Gibson is a real one too. And I then think you're gonna see like Mark Story, and he's gonna be overweight and paunchy with a drinking problem, face all fun. It's like, what's up? Can I smoke in the space shuttle? Fuck it, dude, space you gotta force. go in the spinny thing for the G's. You're not yeah. gonna last. Dude, I'll be smoking butts while I you're do gonna it. Be like, it's gonna be like two G's. There's gonna be out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll be out at one G. G. I know. But this is dope as fuck. Oh, I can't even say the letter G. Dope as fuck. Passed out. Dude, I can't even uh, look at a tilt a world without puking. Uh, I know. The worst. All right, so this guy has his interaction with this what, cyborg, possible alien, whatever. Uh, gets all this information. He wraps this whole situation up by telling the wife and kids, then announcing it in the company's uh, newsletter. Newsletter. So, which is probably all about like, you know, the Christmas charity yeah, did really exactly. well this year. Accidents are down thirty two percent. Yeah. yeah. Technology and tires. Yeah, totally. <laughs> now, oh, by the way. Mr. F. In the Mr. <laughs> Mr. F story. So what I'm wondering here is, okay, so let's start with the possibility of that. All right, maybe he could have had some hallucination because of exhaustion. I'm not sure about you guys, but I've sure. had that more times than I can count. Oh, absolutely. Where you're just extremely tired, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're seeing, you're seeing, or experiencing weird shit. No, but see, the Not thing is, really, I'll but... see flashes of things that look like maybe shadow animals running by. So, yeah, yeah, and, stuff like or, that, or a little white, or get startled by a sound that or really didn't really happen. Like goofy oh yeah, dreams. yeah. Oh, like, I've had really super goofy strange, dreams. strange dreams. But you recognize their dreams usually. Yeah, usually. But I mean, I think if you're super exhausted, maybe to the, this guy's level, possibly. All right, let's maybe talk. He's experiencing let's talk it. pure skepticism. There you go. He's an exhausted driver. Okay. Maybe he's the kind of driver that takes stimulants, like a lot of truck drivers have done. Uh, maybe no, not. Trucker speed. Truck speed. You got some trucker speed on you. I've, I've been there. No, no not it. anymore. No, I would not do that to my heart anymore. But boy, am I misspent. No, there you go. Four days awake. Sorry about your penis. <laughs> That's going away. Enjoy the whiskey. Yep. Oh, boy. The stories we could tell. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is, this guy is pure, you know, purely exhausted. He admitted he was tired. He had to stretch his legs, eat some fucking vending machine yes. udon, which is amazing. Oh, I know. And, uh, and, and so, if he saw a flash of something, just a, like... Like, I know that if I'm truly exhausted, if I hear a clip of something on TV or see something like my that can instantly integrate itself into a dream. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if he saw a glint of, a, a, say, an airplane or who knows what, a building in the distance that flashed silver and he was half asleep, um, he he it might have just turned into this thing like, oh, it's a UFO and the landing gear comes and then... And then just like a dream, just sort of jump cuts like a bad movie. Yeah, that's yeah. the deal. All of a sudden, he's in a car with an alien, and they're having a conversation. Yeah, so he has to replace the head. But the thing about that is, and I will admit, too, I have had what felt like, say, a half-hour dream, closed my eyes, you know, looked at the clock. It's like 2.22 a.m., had an interlude, woke up, and it was like 2.26. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it felt like, again, 20 minutes, but right. it was condensed to 30. So it's possible that he could have fallen asleep for a very brief time. Yeah. And had a long dream. All of that is very possible. But what I also would say is, if he fell asleep for any serious length of time, he would almost certainly have been in an accident. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, from the time he fell asleep where he was in uh, Tangu Pass, which was surrounded by giant rock walls, and we've all driven in those narrow spaces, and to drive a truck through it is even scarier. Um, and then to wake up just like a few kilometers, I think, from his destination of Uno Port, that to me is the inconceivable part. Right. If he had woken up and he was still in Tangu pass and the UFO was gone and everything was there, I could easily just say, all right, that was a flash, unique, fascinating, terrifying, weird, maybe slightly hopeful dream. But the fact that he had traveled so much time and was missing literally 20 minutes of time, there's no way he could have maintained the integrity of, you know, the ability to drive and not get into a terrible accident for 20 right. minutes. Right. No, <clears throat> unless he really did pull over and, and and pass out after and his his just timing is a little not what he he remembers it to be. That's true. That's that, a possibility. You, 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 know I mean, I mean, you have to consider it. Yeah. But but I, I do find that just a little difficult to wrap it, my head it's, around. It's only because it it's the saying that he woke up driving is the weird thing. I can see you being tired and kind of passing out, veering off and kind of just kinda of passing out by the side of the road and having yeah. a weird ass fucking dream. Right. right. Go wake up and what the fuck and then taking off again. Yeah, no, had it had the story been he but it, pulled but he pulled into a little like truck stop place in Tangu Pass or nearby, uh, stopped for a second, saw a UFO, had the interactions, and then next thing you know, he's still there and he's like, Oh, it's all over. I would hundred percent say it's a dream. hundred percent say it's a surreal and really fascinating dream. God knows what's going on in this guy's head. But because it started while he was driving and ended with him driving mm -hmm. with a pausing interlude in between. Yeah, it's a little that weird. to me. I, I can't say it, it lends a ton of veracity right, to it, but right. it does. 
Well, it, it, it makes me a little more inclined to think something genuinely weird happened. Much like the devil, let's keep exhaustion on the table. Okay. Not sentence. This is not the centerpiece. This is not the cornucopia. This is not where the fun happens. But it's this like is, one of the candles there. on the left. It's just there. All right. It's yeah, fair. it's just there. Exhaustion. So, but even better though is, in fact, a cybernetic alien that showed up to be like, "Hey, man, I need help with my head because my other head's strange." Again, with aliens. Yeah. What is the point? What do they want? It's she, she sort so of, she sort of, up. she sort of said what she wanted, but not. No, like, it was sort odd. of like it was bizarre to say the least. That, and I mean, yeah, it was way bizarre. And that reminds me of one of the things that we were talking about a little earlier that really kind of uh, bothered me a lot. And that was specifically um, the first thing she said to him, which is, "I will come to Earth and become Ichiru." It's odd that that's the one word that's still in Japanese. Yeah. But I'd like to, I'd like you to replace it with a substitute head because my head is strange. All right, my head is strange. That we can just leave out as like something's wrong with it. It's somehow dysfunctional. It may be damaged. Um, the wiring's cr- who the fuck knows? But there's just something off okay. with the head. But the first part, I've come to Earth and become a Chiru. <clears throat> I've come to Earth and become a battlement, yeah. a fort. But I'd like you to replace it with a substitute head. I can't help, and I know this is the sci-fi anime geek in me. Well, yeah. That this fucking entity, especially if it is non-human, is capable of becoming something more. As if she herself, in like one of those classic Transformer-type ways, can actually become a, a, a building, a battlement. <laughs> but think of it this way. What if she is not representative of her people in the sense that, what if they're very small, and she is just this colossal classically Japanese yeah. super robot that they built to become what is essentially a, a village yeah, that r- things robot that are city. a third of an inch, maybe smaller, can exist in. No, that's interesting. They I, require I, I very like little real estate, yeah, extremely low resources. Yeah. I'm just fascinated that she's basically saying her head is a base, right. a fort. She, I, obviously not first base. I think that's just a, I don't know. A weird, I mean, like all languages have two words that mean the same thing. Or one word that means two things, I should say, right. and that they're very far off, and it makes no fucking sense. This is just another one of those. I mean, I don't think she's saying that I am here to become first base for the Henshin Tigers. I just don't think that's no, that, what's that, that'd happening. Be weird. Really? That'd, that'd be strange. I mean, her head, her head probably would make a good base. Um, so I know, I know, I'm reading a lot into it by suggesting there's like nearly microscopic aliens, though. I did write a great. Uh, I don't know if the article's great, but I did write an article about a lot of great cases. Uh, in Indonesia and Malaysia about these really tiny aliens, which of course we're eventually going to do. And we, you know, we've talked about the robo flowers in the past, which were about six inches tall, but yeah, very small things using sure. this super robot. I mean, how perfectly Japanese would that be? Well, everything about this is, it's pretty, is Japanese, pretty Japanese. Yeah. Well, really? that's the other thing too. Like I say, henshin heroes, basically that translates as transforming heroes, which mm-hmm. means human beings that can turn into a hero for usually a limited amount of time. Right. They also have metal heroes, which are usually cyborgs or full-on robots that are like space cops, like, uh, what's the one we watched? Yeah, there? Gavin. Gavin, of course, Gavin, Space Sheriff Gavin, one of the famous. These were very, very popular. All these shows weren't necessarily on in 74, but they were popular in the 70s and 80s and, and to this day. So well, Ultraman a, surely was Ultraman almost definitely was Zubat Zubaz. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. The magnificent Zubat. Yeah. I don't know when that came out though. I, can, I don't know exactly either. Sure, but. 70s though, I think. All right. Regardless. I know I could fall down a rabbit hole of this. <clears throat> that could be something that could influence him and that could add to the skeptical argument. But it's also fascinating to think that there, I mean, in an infinite universe, why couldn't there be things that exist that only resemble fiction on Earth. Yeah. We can't right. fathom as a reality, right. but they are a reality. Yeah. Why yeah. would she say her head is a base and that she needs to replace it? I mean, at some point, I feel like, you know, almost <sighs> like the beginning of fucking Prometheus, where instead of a seed or blood or whatever, DNA being thrown into a river that becomes all life on Earth, like her head gets implanted somewhere and transforms into like some sort of you know, robotic DNA that can infect whatever's around it and maybe yeah. transform things to become life like her. I don't know. My imagination wants to run with it, but I'm fascinated yeah. by those yeah, phrases. No, it's, yeah, that's weird. I mean, it's whatever the whatever the purpose of this encounter was, he eventually helped her change her head. 
So he did it. I mean, if that it, 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 by taking that angle, he he assisted with the head, and she's like, okay, maybe I will possibly see you again when the star is burned, though it shall fall. No, no, she, no, no, no. The, no or that was undifferent. That was the ships dying as okay, they that came was to the Earth. ships dying as they what fall. What she said okay. was, uh, just, yeah, well, what was her it, parting it, it, message? Yeah, it was it was sort of weird. It was almost like she's gonna, I'm gonna meet Britney Spears, but I'll probably see you again too. <laughs> yeah. It was like I will definitely meet again with the star who I met. That's right, the star. Okay. So and I will, I will someday see you again. Okay. So yeah. why is she telling about a star? Is it, is it a, is it a physical thing? Do is you it... remember when we met Tawny Katain at the Syracuse Scaricon? Of course I. That do. is how I felt. So I will see the star again, and then her and I followed each other on Instagram. I bought a new house. She said, "How nice my house looked." You guys are buddies. And we talked a little bit. What's up, Tawny? And me and Tawny are friends. <laughs> I love that about you, you Tawny Katain. Bros. So. <laughs> Dude, bros, yeah. Tawny Katane. <laughs> she might be talking about a celebrity. She could be. She might be talking about a fucking star in space. She could be, yeah. She yeah. could be talking about who knows what. But why would she say, I will definitely meet again with the star who I met? I don't think we can question her vocabulary or her understanding of vocabulary because nothing that she has said has made any bit of sense at well, all. It's funny. There's this nothing li- makes sense. There's these little hints of these are specific things you have to do. But the rest of it is sort of like, like she's saying, yeah, and someday I'll see you again. That makes sense. The first part is like, the fuck are you talking about? She nailed the instructions on how to change the head, obviously, because he changed the head. He did it. Anything other than that is completely just random. She's just talking. I almost wonder, like, if these, like, super superior cybernetic fucking things could have easily taken over the earth and known whatever they want. But this was like their test. Like, if the, if the human will be selfless and fix the, fix the robot. Right. Then we could be. We stay here They'll peacefully. Survive. Yeah. If we if he lets it die <laughs> or fucks it up or turns it over to a, you know governmental meat. authorities, you're the meat. Dead yeah. meat. That's the planet Earth. Terran meat. Terran meat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terran meat. Chris, what do you think is happening with this thing? I don't fucking know, man. This one is like this. This one's all over the board. He was tired and just passed out a bunch and just had some fucked up dream. Could be. Or I, could be. Or just... he helped change an alien's head. Yeah. Or what? he helped change uh, uh, some sort of. One one of the two. Or he met a truck stop hooker and was fucking so out of it on fucking whatever <laughs> drugs he was on. Right. You can't take floozy just, off the table. Yeah. Can never take floozy yeah. off the table. <laughs> the floozy. He just gave the her floozy of the road. He confused the word head. With head. With sundry I, matters. Yes. There you go. With there head. Go. And, right. uh, and See? Uh, it fits. Had an extramarital okay. fucking chlamydia ridden moment and. It got disguised Dude, maybe, in his guilt-ridden, yeah. drug-addled mind as maybe, uh, uh, alien interaction. Maybe the guilt and anxiety of cheating on his wife. This is what uh, this is what caused him to, to to go down this path, which is why he's like, "I know how to make it. I know how to make it real. I know how to make my lie real. I'll write about it in the company newsletter." And then yeah, people, that, that, right. that flares on. His plan is the worst cover-up for an extramarital affair ever. Like, if that was the case, and I'm not saying or I think it is. Or possibly the most ingenious. Oh, well, yeah, you're right. Because when you just like, hey, I that shit crazy and I all the focus is on I that. didn't have an extramarital affair. I'm just nuts. On the other hand, <laughs> yeah. you if go, you're just yeah. getting head through Tangu Pass, no one probably has to know about it. Like, that's know. something you could probably keep pretty clandestine without a huge, monstrous, bizarre cover-up story. If he's got some mm. sort of weird anxiety thing happening, man, where he's just like, he's just too cut up in his own head. Maybe he's just got to, like, he has to make it real and make it known that he's not here to fuck around. He's changing heads. So we've got dream. Dream. Drug-addled hallucination, yep. which can fit in the skeptic category. Right. Floozy. Floozy or space floozy. Yeah, space floozy. Can't throw ultra terrestrials out the window. No, no, you you can't, baby. Keep there. Again, if you're talking about weird creatures that are just here to test us, fuck with us, or eat our terror, as some have suggested. Dude, Oregon energy. uh, Bring it. Then then this fits completely into that. Okay. Because, again, so many interactions just don't make fucking sense. Now, I don't expect, like, if we could literally talk to fucking an octopus. And they're one of the most intelligent creatures on Earth. We would not be able to have common perspectives on things. And that's another thing that lives on the planet. You just can't fucking do it. So I don't expect we would do that even with humanoid aliens necessarily. So I get that. But I still am constantly befuddled and perplexed by the fact that fucking it never makes sense. They they have agendas no. that don't like like seriously. If you have a, a, a defect, the the writers of UFOs in the universe and or space ask the perfect question. Like why would they come to you? You're not a technical expert. You're not one of the top cyberneticists or yeah. fucking no. It's always it's always that way. It's never. It's always some random fucko. Yeah, that's just doing their thing that has no expertise in it. That's asked to do this other thing. Yeah. 
It's always that way. And, and, and you always are forced to ask, why? Why, why would you have these, uh, this intelligence and technology and make what seems to be such a piss poor decision unless you have like some grander level of like the flow of the universe and you know certain things have to happen in a certain way with certain people to make certain outcomes occur. Some Doctor Who type big picture shits that, that makes you do things that seem to us illogical but in the grand scheme is absolutely essential. Right. But that's wishful thinking on my part, too. Well, I mean, I'm going to just say that maybe this guy had, he did in fact have an interaction with some sort of cybernetic alien being, and he helped change her head. And you know what? We're all, we're all probably better for it. So this human We've race, all grown here. We've all, we yeah, have. the human race continues, and he's apparently is he's running. They about could it be. The they could be our secret so. saviors. They it could, could be. be. They could be running shit behind the scenes. It, they could be the reason the Cold War never went hot. I mean, this doesn't yeah. necessarily fit into Heller space. Well, if we stretch, it could. Dude, a horned, it could be a rogue demon, faceless, oh, rogue condescending, demon. Mm. sexily rubber clad. I'm assuming oh, the last nemesis part. of the dark one. How could this In not? Rubber? How could this not possibly be? Okay, diabolical. Maybe I spoke too soon. Maybe suck this, you by. Maybe perhaps this could be hell. Sucking Ooh. his sexual and or charitable energy. <laughs> <laughs> the charitable energy is yeah. the most delicious of them all. Sucking the Samaritan out of him. Oh, the sucking Samaritan. That's, I mean, oh. we already have the That's fucking weird the fire thing. Samaritan <laughs> yeah. living in England. Yeah, but yeah. he didn't suck. No, but no, no, no he might have still drained some sort of energy. Oh. So, all right, um, you know, I'm gonna say that, uh, you know, that this, in fact, uh, this, he helped change someone's head. Yeah. I'm that. So day, you're thinking I'm alien? Wrote, I'm thinking alien. He changed the head. Alien head. Alien cybernetic. Thing. I think it's just like the devil to land a fake UFO, just like he plants those dinosaur bones, fool those fucking dumbass yeah. paleontologists. Seriously, and 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 uh, have a guy think about cheating on his wife yeah. in the weirdest way possible by exchanging heads. Oh, it sounds like a Twilight Zone. Right. So. It really does. Chris, yeah. what do you got? That's too deep. I know it could be both. Both. That's hell and space. Oh, oh the rarely seen. Yeah, dude, the demon from beyond the black hole. Hell by way of space. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I like that. You can that. have space demons. Yeah. Or you go to, yeah. I mean, you can go to hell and you can, there's a gate to space or you're in space and there's a gate to hell. One Absolutely. It's a, I mean, it's not, it's not mutually exclusive. My, my heart really though, my heart is set on the idea that this is a colossal thing that stands five foot three on earth. Right. But on the home world that was destroyed by the fucking right. clash That's of stars, solid. which is probably about three and a half feet in diameter. Or, you know, bigger than that, whatever, that this gigantic thing can house a billion fucking members of this, you know, culture, and that she is going to turn her head into the battlement and her body will become the electronic food on which they awesome. feed. Right. And she's going to make the ultimate sacrifice so that her people can survive on a patch of six foot land somewhere in the mountains of fucking <laughs> Okayama or whatever. On Tangu Mountain, there's a little tiny alien base where they are thriving and living well and leaving us alone, and we're leaving them alone because of the kindness and generosity of a trucker named Mr. F. Mr. All F. right, cool. There you have it. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Kryptonaut Podcast. As always, be sure to follow us on the social medias, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks. Be sure to leave ratings and reviews for this podcast on the iTunes and Apple Podcast app. Stick around after the music because we're going to be doing some reviews. Uh, again, huge, huge thank you and shout out to Jeff Colwell. Oh, you're the best. Taxes, Instagram, Gnome, Gnome Wolf. Uh, yeah, at Gnome Wolf. What uh, an amazing surprise. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We literally have the best listeners. And Jeff, thank you. Thank you very Amaze much. Balls. We are going to be digging into some more beers here. And we're talking to you soon. See you later, bye. Oh, fuck sucking space demons. Oh, space. Space. Live in my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right cool thank you for sticking around for the ratings and reviews we're going to get started here with a review coming from the itunes and the apple podcast apps uh, five stars, hell or space for life. Ha! Mm. Every week, these kind folks come on the scene to keep us all sane. 
exposing some of the obscure encounters people around from around the globe have went semi-public with. Tune in, fellow cryptonauts, and listen to three men invade your personal spaces while meandering through their whiskey-driven love of the weird. Love! <laughs> yes! Love Bigfoot 69420. Oh, God. oh my gosh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, my favorite. Good job there, Bigfoot 69420. Thank you very much. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> and awesome. it is a whiskey-fueled odyssey. God bless you. All right, Rob, we got something from Facebook. What yes, do we, we do. This is from Jason Walters. This is something near and dear to our hearts. With Manowar wrapping up their final tour, Ooh. I despaired that mm. Western civilization would soon fall to the entropic forces of the night. Then I discovered the Kryptonaut <laughs> podcast. These three guys nail it every episode. They have great chemistry, are hilariously funny, and their knowledge of cryptozoology and the mysterious is only rivaled by their love of the only cultural, excuse me, two cultural phenomenons that actually matter. Heavy metal and Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Fucking so dude. Fucking true. That's awesome. Five out of five stars and sign of the hammer to Mark. Nice. Oh, you get a sign right. of the hammer, Dash. Uh, well, I mean, you know, Chris gets signed. We all get a sign of the hammer. Oh, yeah. We're all we, yeah. two varying degrees Man of War fans, to be sure. I mean, it's considering that Man of War is uh, no longer apparently going to be playing. And maybe. they're our hometown heroes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I don't think a lot of people know that. The final tour is like a 10-year long. I was going to say. People are oh, yeah. no, realizing what it's going to be. Yeah. No, I mean, but, I mean, you know what? They're if literally we... ingrained in our culture. They literally are. Absolutely. Here, they are our hometown heroes. They yeah. sang at weddings we've been to. They're just, yeah. it's an amazing... Chris was just at uh, maybe, allegedly, possibly, I'm not sure if we can talk about this. No, you the, may, the immersive audio event? Yeah, you were, you were at, the, at, at the new Manowar studio, so... Yeah, it's a half a million dollars, sounds like. Without mentioning names, great buddies with their manager. And I may have previously been employed by the band, so we'll see. Possibly. Yeah. And possibly. I can't say that yeah. I was. We might possibly have our friend on for a Brazilian... Oh, right. So yeah, we still have yeah. a that's lot right. of stories that's from and, and and again this friend who is now the illustrious and well healed, super highly traveled manager of Manwar might have designed our first cryptozoology website he, from the dirt yeah, up. Very well <laughs> may have. So, <laughs> I mean, I know, I feel like it's non-name name dropping, but yeah, Man of War is an important part yeah, of our lives. Actually, oh, extremely yeah. important part of our lives. Both, both, both as a musical influence and literally Just as hometown day. heroes. Every and, day stuff. Yeah. And we've all interacted and had really good times with members. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Uh, we're here to t take up the reins when they have to put them down. So there you go. Yeah, I don't know if we're worthy of that, but what I can say is... Nah, they got uh, the music, we got the podcast. Hail. Hail and Hail kill. And kill. Hell and kill. <laughs> Hell and kill. All right, there you have it. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, ooh, T Public or uh, get your merch on T Public. You there you go. Boom. Plug. No Thank shot. you again to Jeff Caldwell and all of our listeners and all of the mm -hmm. wonderful gifts and compliments we get. The reviews mean tons to us. The, the the gifts are always a surprise and an absolute delight. And we are so fucking grateful to all of you. Thank you. Thank y'all for listening. Hi, and we're talking to you soon. Bye. Later. Did I sound too much like Lindsey Graham at the end? You always do. That's oh, what right. you're saying. Yeah. Nice. Hey, that's your new deal. Awesome. Excuse me. Senator, <laughs> can we go now? <laughs> See ya. So, is this the is this the truck driver right here? Right, is it him? Yeah. It was funny. It's it's a pseudonym. He talked about it in a magazine. He right. wrote about it in the newsletter. And then that's the picture they put out. We have a picture of him with the tiniest black bar of his eyes. Why don't we know his real fucking name? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Mr. F. Mr. F. Da, 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 da. All right, so we're Won't you to, please we're change right, my head? Won't you please change my head? Mr. Head. Oh, that's funny. All right, I, got, I, I know where I know where you're, where you're All right, before we get started, we got a couple of announcements. Uh, huge shout out! Huge. We got we got attack. We got we. Shit, hold we on got a attacked? Second. No, hold oh, on. By whom? I, I what the fuck? Red Dog? Mars? No, I fucked ah, up. Is it happening? <laughs> it's finally happening.